Alright everybody, welcome to Unscripted Unlimited here on the Everything Unscripted Podcast Network. Uh, I am your host, uh, Doug Hummer, and of course joining me tonight, he's finally come back from his cruise, and he's actually got a Saturday night off, Eric's here. What's up, people? I'm back. <laughs> and Sharon's here just in case we get anything wrong. Hey, everybody. So, all right. Tonight's show is on the Princess Bride. Uh, so we're going to get into that uh, real quick. Or we're going to get into that uh, very quickly. Uh, so... This is the second week in a row we're doing another movie review. We're going to probably do another one next week. I just got to come up with four choices because what I had planned, I'm not going to do. Uh, but, Eric, you watched this, right? Yeah. All right. And then I saw it. I actually. tried to. Yeah, I did. You tried to? No, I did. I watched it. All right. Uh, you've been back 30 seconds. You're already getting on my nerves. Uh, but, uh, all right. So Aww. this movie for anybody that you know wants to go and watch this movie, it's on Disney plus, uh, it came out in 1987. It's directed by Rob Reiner of all in the family fame, uh, stars, uh, Carrie Eels, Robin Wright. Well, she goes by now Robin Wright Penn. Uh, Billy Crystal, Mandy Patinkin, uh, a guy who was kind of famous in the wrestling business named Andre the Giant. Oh, him? Yeah. Uh, yep. Wallace Shawn, who, is he still on Young Sheldon or is he off? No, he's still on. Right, because he's, uh, <laughs> he's one of Sheldon's teachers, right? Yeah. All right, so technically he's still there. Uh, yeah, he was in it. Uh, Carol Kane. Billy Crystal. Yeah, Billy Crystal was on it. Uh, so the movie came out in 1987, like I said, and it's, uh, basically like, it only technically made $14 million at the box office, but it's considered like one of those, uh, cult classics or whatever. Like people still love the movie to this day. And, uh, by the way, like it just surpassed the 35th anniversary. Wow. Uh, which I believe was a couple weeks ago. So it's been out 35 years. Eric, what did you think of the movie? I, I, it's not my cup of tea, but uh, I thought it was an all right movie. I mean, it, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Like uh, Sharon was saying earlier that she, you weren't a big fan of this movie, right? Exactly. I um, When people say The Princess Bride, I was always like, eh, that was just, you know, that was just a movie. I didn't really think much of it. But watching it again today, I actually kind of enjoyed it. It was better yeah. than I remember it being. Yeah. Uh, so my I had to go back it, and won't rewatch it. Rewatch half um, finished it. So cause I yeah. kind of wasn't paying attention the first time, but I went back and rewatched we appreciate you. We appreciate you putting in a second effort, Eric. Uh, so, of course, for the like, show. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, now, like with this movie, the first time I ever watched it, 
I, I watched some Grammar Grandma, not okay. about. And that was like, uh, it because it was on USA or whatever, because that's back when USA was actually showing like movies all the time at night. This is before USA actually decided to have its own original shows. Right. So, uh, watch it for the first time. Now, I've only seen the movie all the way through like three times, today being the third. Okay. So I've always caught it at like the tail end because like my funny thing about movies is, is that like if I think a movie is like better towards the end, I'll wait till it gets to the end and then, and watch, then, and then watch like the last like 20, to, 20 minutes to a half hour. And Princess Bride, I've always liked that last 20 minutes. Right. When they storm the castle. Actually, not even when they storm the castle. I always kind of try to tune in when uh, um, when they're at Miracle Matches, who was played by Billy Crystal. Okay. Because I, I, I'm a huge Billy Crystal fan. Peanut isn't. Uh, but, <laughs> so, um, I was like, it's, but... So today, you know, watching this through and through, and it's actually a cute movie. Uh, and, you know, it's got Peter Falk in it who reads the uh, – basically the premise is this. A young boy is sick, uh, and I'm assuming that uh, the young boy is in Chicago because he's wearing a bear shirt. Yeah. Oh, wasn't he? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's the shirt he had on. And, boy uh, bro- I'm not boy me, bro. When um... – Wonder, wonder years. What is it? Wonder, yeah, wonder, wonder, wonder years. Yeah, I used, I used to watch that all the time too. No, he's a Boy Meets World brother. Oh, okay. I meant uh, Wonder Years. Right. I know what you meant. That doesn't. Want, it wasn't going to stop me for correct, from correcting you though. Uh but uh, yeah. so anyway. So uh, Peter Falk plays the boy's grandfather, and he reads him a bedtime story. Not even really a bedtime story. Actually, yeah, I guess it was kind of a bedtime story because uh, he was sick. And the movie starts yeah. off with uh, Buttercup, who wasn't even technically a princess yet. She was just, you know, living on a farm. And she had a, a farm boy named Wesley. And he always said, as you wish, every time she asked him to do something. They fell in love. He takes off on a ship to, you know, try to make fortune or make a fortune so they can get married. Uh, he doesn't come back, so everybody assumes that he's dead. She ends up marrying, or she ends up kind of getting engaged to uh, Prince Humperdinck. Yeah, Prince. Uh, uh, yeah, Prince Humperdinck, and then uh, Humperdinck was going to end up becoming the uh, the king. So anyway, so Eventually she'll become queen. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, when she decides to go for a uh, for a uh, ride on her horse, and she encounters these three thieves: Viznik, uh, who's played by Wallace Shawn. I may have butchered it. I don't know. Uh, Fezzik, who was played by Andre the Giant, and in Inigo Montoya, who was played by Mandy Patinkin. Now, what was actually unique about this is what they were actually hired by Humperdinck to kidnap Buttercup. Right. 
and and kill her, and then they were going to blame it on Gelder because uh, Gelder's another country. Or yeah, on, on the country uh, on the city of Gelder because Humperdinck wanted uh, the town of Florino or For or Florino or something like that. The town they were set in, they wanted the two of them to go to war. So he hired these three clowns to, you know, kill the girl. Now, Fezzik and Inigo were not necessarily down to kill her. And uh, they were getting chased by the pirate ship. The pirate ship, by the way, that was, that had claimed that it was said killed uh, Wesley. The, uh, uh, the dead pirate Wait, Roberts, I think it was. The dread. Dread pirate Roberts. Uh, so he's chasing them down. They go up this mountain. The dread pirate Roberts, who was actually Wesley, right. uh, takes out both Inigo and Fezzik and then causes uh, Viznik to poison himself. Buttercup has no idea who the hell she is, who the hell he is. He, yeah, she thinks it's the pirate Robert. Yeah, right. she doesn't know it's Wesley. Right. Yeah. So, and Wesley's not going to take off his mask and be like, oh yeah, honey, by the way, it's me. Right. And then, like, he's being mean to her, so, like, to me, he's kind of just like, Okay, he doesn't even know that it's her. But then, like, he's kind of just being a dick, and then she pushes him down a hill, and she goes, just die, and he goes, as you wish. And she's like, oh, fuck, this is my one true love that I just pushed down a hill. So I think he did know it was her. But he was trying to figure out why she would get engaged to somebody so quickly after learning he was dead. I mean, so that's why he he acted like he didn't know her, but he knew who she was. I mean, so quickly after he, he was gone five years. I mean, hell, most you know most Hollywood marriages move on after about six weeks. Yeah, they were. True love. Most Hollywood marriages are true love as long as there's money involved. <laughs> anyway, uh, so oh, look at Tom anyway, Brady and and Giselle. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that that was true love until he decided that he'd much <laughs> that he'd much rather play football than spend time with his own children. For what? Yeah. Uh. He's home. He's home for six weeks. He's just like I ain't fucking doing this shit. So so he goes. So he goes back to play. Uh, but you know who gives a who gives a damn about Tom Brady? Uh, so anyway, so now we're at the point where Humperdinck and his people, because they go through the, the the fire swamp, and then. Uh, they escape that, but then Humperdinck, you know, captures him. And we're like, oh, and he's like, okay. And then Buttercup's just like, all right, fine. We surrender. I'll go with you. Just do not, do not hurt him. 
Humperdinck goes, goes, okay, I won't. But then his count, uh, his uh, right-hand man, Count Rugen, he looks at him and says, put him in the pit of despair. So they do. She claims she's not going to marry. She, uh, she's just like, have you found Wesley yet? Have you found Wesley yet? She has no idea that uh, Humperdinck is planning on killing her right after they get married and then still blaming it on Gelder. Right. So, and by this time, like, Fezzik and uh, Montoya know that their other guy had been killed, and they're looking for the man in black, you know, the Dread Pirate Roberts, which, by the way, the Dread Pirate Roberts was passed on from person to person. Wesley had inherited it. Right. So, uh, so now... It's just a name, not a person. Yeah, Exactly. It, pretty much it's a job title. Right. And so uh, after Buttercup insults Humperdinck again and calls him a coward, he goes down to the pit of despair and he turns like that because uh, Wesley's hooked up to this machine to where like you know, like water or something gets in his head, right? I'm not sure. Something's being some kind of suction cup action. I don't know yeah. if it's sucking the life out of him or what it's really doing. So he turns it up to 50. He pretty much kills him, or almost. Fezzik and Inigo decide, or hear him scream. So they're like, all right, so they know where to find him. They go to the pit of despair. They knock out the guy, that's the, the head of the pit, or the guy running the thing or whatever. Right. And then they take him out, and then they take him to Miracle Max. They take him as in... Yep. Wesley. Wesley, right. Yeah. So, and <laughs> Miracle Max, you know, Billy Crystal goes, oh, you know, go away or I'll call the Brute Squad. And uh, Fizzik goes, I'm on the Brute Squad. And uh, Miracle Max goes, you are the Brute Squad. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes, so they take him in and they give him this pill and uh, Miracle Max's wife shows up and uh, because Miracle Max used to be the healer of the king, and then Humperdinck fired him. Right. So now uh, they tell Humperdinck, or they tell Miracle Max, they're like, look, we need this guy cured because he's going to, the girl that is going to marry Humperdinck is really in love with this guy. He's like, yep. okay, so you're yep. going to ruin Humperdinck's life? And they're like, yeah. He goes, all right, here, here's a pill. So. Uh, so then they get to the castle. Now, Wesley can't move whatsoever. Like, he can move his head a little bit. Right. His, the pill brought he's him trapped. back to the safe, but slowly his body is starting to regain movement. Yeah. Yeah, he can't, uh, um. He can't move his yeah. limbs. Or... Yeah, pretty much. He's he's dead from the waist down. Uh. I know that feeling. Uh, but anyway, uh, or at least a certain part of my body. Anyway, so uh, they get to the castle. The wedding is happening, but Humperdinck is, knows something's going on. He knows that somebody's trying to get in the castle. So he has the minister skip the part of, of doing the I do's. 
which right, he just yeah, she never said I do. Yeah. So, uh, she so anyway so she goes to the uh, to the castle to the main bedroom or whatever. Uh, Humperdinck and his men prepare for uh, for battle, and then uh, Fezic and or Inigo Montoya goes to find. By the way, Inigo Montoya's main mission is to find the man that killed his father, is who was Count Rubin, who actually had six fingers on his hand. Right on his right hand. On his right hand. So, and it was funny. Wesley actually noticed that when Rugen, before Rugen knocked him out, he goes, "You have six fingers on your right hand." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Somebody's looking for you." And then Rugen knocked him out. Right. So they get to the castle. Fezzik pretty much has to hold, uh, you know, has to hold uh, Wesley up. Anigo goes to chase Rugen. Rugen, you know, closes the door behind him and locks it. Inigo's screaming for Fezzik. Fezzik just comes in and just pushes the door open because he's 500 fucking pounds and can do that shit. Or he punches it open. So then Wesley actually finds his way to the uh, to the queen uh, to the queen's bedroom, to Buttercup's bedroom. And as she's getting ready to kill herself, Wesley pretty much goes don't harm those perfect breasts or something like that. Right. And so they're like together and then, uh, you know, they're kissing and all that. And by the way, like during all this, Inigo gets stabbed by Rugen, but then he was able to come back and he killed Rugen himself. Right. Fetic disappeared to somewhere. And uh, then Humperdinck comes in, confronts him says, I challenge you to a duel to the death. And he go, and Wesley goes, no, to the pain. And starts naming off all the stuff he's going to cut off of him. Right. And then Humperdinck sur- surrenders because Wesley stands up and it's like, all right, he has strength, but not really. He just had enough strength to stand up. He had no strength to, he had no strength to walk. Right. But he could stand. And so Wesley dec- uh, so then Inigo comes in, uh, Buttercup starts tying up Hubbardink, uh, Montoya comes in and is just like, well, where's Fezzik? He goes, I thought he was with you. And then uh, Inigo's like, you want me to kill this guy? They're like, no, I want him to be around so we can see us live a long, happy life. <clears throat> and they find Fezzik. Fezzik actually went uh, and round up four white horses. He's like, I had to get the horses just in case we found the lady. Hello, lady. Uh, and so then they all jump down. Uh, Buttercup jumps into Andre's arms. There's actually a funny story about that they had to tell. They had to put, because Andre's back was so bad at the time. Right. They actually had to put her on cables. Oh, really? So And wow. when she jumped, she basically had to be dead weight falling into his arms. Wow. Because he went to, uh, like, they actually went to film the scene once, and she did the jump, and he couldn't, he couldn't hold on to her. 
like wow. his back came out. Now she's a hundred pounds. He's five hundred, but his back was so <laughs> screwed up he at must the time. Have been screwed up. Well, this was also around the time too. So this was actually filmed in '86, I think, is when they started filming for it. It came out in '87. Okay. All right, but they started filming it in '86, and Andre actually took time off from the WWF at the time. Uh he had been quote unquote suspended by the uh, on-screen president Jack Tunney, but he was suspended for a couple of reasons. One is that his back was really bothering him. Right. He wanted off the road, and two, Rob Reiner was trying to cast him for the Princess Bride. Gotcha. So he needed time to film the movie, and then Andre even took like five, six months off to promote the movie. So he was gone like right after WrestleMania three up until like the month before the first Survivor Series. So, well, wow. uh, but yeah, so when uh, Andre catches her and then Inigo says, or Fezzik catches her and then Andre says, or Inigo says to Wesley, he goes, I've been in the revenge business for so long. Now that I've killed the man to kill my father, I don't know what to do with my life. And Wesley looks at him and says, uh, you want to be the new Dread Pirate Roberts? And Inigo looks at him and says, okay. So then <laughs> the four of them get on the horses and ride off into the sunset together. Right. And uh, then they end the story, or they end the movie with the grandpa saying to the grandson, he's like, all right, you get some sleep. And he goes, grandpa, can you come and read the story to me tomorrow? He's like, as you wish, which is, you know, the tagline of the movie. Right. And uh, what was actually supposed to be the ending of the movie was uh, the little boy was supposed to look out the window and see the four heroes riding off on the horses. Oh, really? They had actually shot it, but Rob Reiner said they didn't use it. Oh, wow. Uh, but they had shot it. and I they said, Huh? Why didn't they uh, show it? He never really gave a reason why. I know that, like, uh, when they shot it. All right, so the funny story is is that uh, the day they were going to shoot the scene, uh, the new uh, Nouveau Beaujolais, which is a, a wine, came out. And Andre got a few cases of it. He got, like, wow. you know, 12 to 15 cases or whatever. Okay. And he drank all of them. So by the time it was time for them to shoot the movie, shoot the scene, he was drunk. So they had to put him on tables to lift him up, to lift up, in Rob Reiner's words, a 500-pound drunken giant to lift him up and put him on a horse. And he couldn't... He couldn't stay – I'm pretty sure the reason why they didn't use the scene is because they, he couldn't stay – like, he was wobbling on the horse. Gotcha. Poor horse. Right. So, and Andre's just like, hello, boss, hello. And he, Rob Reiner goes and says, what job do I have? Right. So yeah, they did. They ended up not using that scene in the movie. I've seen the deleted. I I've seen it like it's on YouTube. I think is it? the scene is anyway. So, uh, 
But yeah, so that's pretty much that's pretty much the movie. I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, did, I totally lost or had forgotten what half of the storyline was. So did I, because like I like I said, I've only it's been so long since I've seen the whole movie through and through. Right. Now, Eric, was this your first time watching this film? No, because once I I remembered the scene where the um, um the boy. And uh, the grandfather, the grandfather came in and told the story. That's when I remember. I, I think I did watch this before. I think it was a long, a long time ago. But I, I didn't recognize the title of the movie. That's why. But I think I've seen it, at least some of it before. Yeah, I mean it's a like it's on it's on Disney Plus, uh, which I'm actually uh, which I'm actually surprised that it's on. Uh, Disney Plus, because I don't remember it ever being a Disney movie. Yeah, I thought it was more of a Netflix movie. What was that, Eric? I thought it would be more on Netflix. Well, I, it was on HBO Max for a while, too, because uh, the Honor the Giant documentary that they did a few years ago that uh, was part of HBO put Princess Bride back on the HBO, so, you know, because that would lead in the documentary right. whenever they showed it. Uh, is this the only movie Andre did? Or did he do another one? He was, he's uncredited in Conan the Barbarian, or Conan the Destroyer, I think. Okay. Uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he's uncredited. Okay. But yeah, so this not considered. It's not even a Disney movie, right? It's just a yeah. It's just a it's just a fairy tale movie, a, a very cute fairy tale movie. You know, I, I'll say this like, and she's still actually a, a very a very good looking woman. But Robin Wright was actually gorgeous in this movie. Oh yeah, and she he was very gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, she's still she's still pretty good looking now, uh, and it was funny. She told the story in the Andre because they did a when they did the Andre documentary, they interviewed Rob Reiner, Terry Eels, Billy Crystal, and and Robin Wright uh, about their time with him, and uh, she had told the story about how they were out in the the forest and it was cold and rainy. And for some reason, she didn't have a jacket on. So Andre came up, to, and Andre's hand is huge. So he came up yeah. and put his hand on her head to keep her head warm. So he acted like a hat. Yeah. And his fingers pretty much went down past her face. Wow. Uh, but, like, everybody talks about, like, you know, Billy Crystal and... uh. And Rob Reiner and Carrie and Carrie Ewells and uh, um and Robin Wright they talk about how much they enjoyed working with him because he was one of the nicest human beings. So that's cool. Do you yeah. say how much did they get in the box office? Uh, they made. Thirty million dollars, I think it was, on a sixteen million dollar budget. Okay, is that pretty good for 
1987 film. That's what I was thinking. That's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, they just technically consider it a moder- a moderate success. But, I mean, to be honest with you, that's not bad at all. No. By the way, this is based off the book written... It's based off the book written by Bill, Gold, Bill Goldman. Okay. Uh, which was written in 1973. And it had pretty good actors in it. This is a pretty star-packed cast, if you ask me. You had... Billy T- Crystal, yeah. Um, what's his name again from The Wonder Years? Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Andre, good to use WWE with the WF super uh, star. Probably the biggest one at the time. Yeah. And you got the the woman. Um, Robin Wright. Was she a, was she a big star? She did. She did quite a few movies. She was actually was she in? She was in Forrest Gump, right, Sharon? I have no idea. I really don't I know think, what she was in. Okay. Yeah, for for a nineteen eighty seven film, I think it had pretty decent stars in it. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I I definitely agree with that because Billy Crystal was actually one of the biggest stars in the world at that time. Yeah, yeah, she was a poor scum. Yeah, and then Mandy Patinkin, he was kind of, he was kind of up and coming too. And uh, Rob Reiner, this was actually Rob Reiner's fourth film that he directed. Oh wow! Uh, first film he was what, actually what else was directing? At that time, this is Spinal Tap. Stand by me, and then I forgot the other one. Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, but you said he also that, directed this one. He directed direct, and produced. And rather? produced, yeah. For a oh. storytelling movie, I think it's a it's a decent movie. I would probably give it like a three three out of five stars. I would give it four and a half out of five, just because I do have fond memories of the movie. Because I, I did enjoy watching it. For some reason, I actually thought the movie was longer than what it was. Right. I think it dragged, for me, for me personally, I think it kind of dragged in the beginning. But then then you, then you got some action in the middle. And, and you had the, the action in the middle with, uh, um, with all that. I mean, I think, like, the parts where... Uh, an ego and they were trying to run board. away from. Yeah, uh, like when ego and uh, Fezic were not like in the movie because I do think like they were a big part of the movie. Right. But like the yeah. twenty or so or twenty minute twenty minutes to half hour of them not being in the movie, uh, like it kind of drags. Because for me that was yeah. too long for them not to be in it. Right. Yeah. No, I. I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I mean, it's actually considered to be one of the best movies of the 80s. Yes. Uh, and you can tell it's like a 1980 movie because of all the stuff. Yeah. 
What'd you think of those giant rat creatures? I thought that was funny. I thought that, I mean, when uh, he was trying to uh, fight them off. Yeah. I thought he was going to bite his, uh, bite his shoulder off. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Killed him with uh, the uh, what he killed him with? He killed him with um, the stick, not the stick, but the uh, with the tree log, right? Yeah, yeah. he he stabbed yeah. him, I think, too. Once he got He's like him first, fighting a bear. He rolled him over into one of the flames and stunned him, and then I think he stabbed him. She was hitting him with the stick. Yeah. I thought for a second he had the um, creature uh, bit his, her leg off. And yeah. That's what it looks like. Let me ask you guys yeah. this. What do you think of Andre as an actor? I think he he's good in the right role. Like, this was a good role for him. The problem is, is that yeah. English is not his first language. Right. You can tell. Yeah. yeah. He, he has a hard time talking. Yeah. Which Rob Reiner had even said, he goes, he auditioned for the part, but I couldn't understand a word he said. But the, the author of the book, Bill Goldman, when he, because he, uh, Goldman also wrote the screenplay. Oh, the movie. He didn't just write, he wrote the book, but then he also wrote the screenplay for the movie. Oh, okay. So when he wrote the screenplay for the character Fezzik, he basically told Rob Reiner, Andre the Giant is the only person that can play this part. Because he was a big wrestling fan at the time. Gotcha. He's like, you have to get Andre. Yeah. So Rob Reiner did, and then Rob Reiner... Like I said, like everybody has nothing but uh, fond memories to say of Andre the Giant, except for Carrie Ewell's actually blamed Andre for uh, you know, his toe getting broken. Because oh. they were hmm. up on... Uh, the scene where the uh, you know up on the mountain or whatever, right? And Andre's best way to get around back then was uh, via ATV. So Andre had an ATV that he used to ride around on his farm in North Carolina. Okay. Well, they actually bought one for him uh, to you know to use on set to use on set to get from place to place. So. He it was taunting Carrie with it, and he goes, "You want to take a ride on my uh, on my toy bus?" And he's like, "No, Andre, I'm fine." He goes, "Come on, boss, give it a try." He's like, "Andre, I'm good." So then he kept taunting him. He's like, "All right, fine, Andre, I'll do it." And then <laughs> he's driving around in it, and then uh, he ends up. Uh, driving like over like a big rock or something and it actually threw him from out of the vehicle and he broke his toe. Oh jeez. And he just looked at Andre and said, Thanks, Andre. That's kinda of funny. Yeah. Uh and then uh <laughs> but yeah, so no, everybody had uh, great memories of Andre. Uh, but yeah, no, I I did enjoy this movie. I, I'm glad I actually got to watch it from start to finish. That was kind of a plus. Well, there you go. So. Did right. watch it? Uh, he did not. Daniel needed a night off. That's 
Um, my final thoughts, I thought everybody played their role in the movie well. So it, it was a well-directed movie and well played. Well, um, it was a good movie. Oh, no, it's definitely a good movie. That is, I mean, I would echo the sentiments. I think everybody did a fine job in that movie. I do think that Carrie Ewell's, uh this is a lot better, I think, than uh, you know him playing in, like an actual like fairy tale hero. It's right. better than him playing that fake fairy tale fairy tale hero in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Right. Uh. So. Um. But yeah, no, I think Wait, he did a good job. Huh. I oh, know. Sorry. Go ahead. And I think Robin Wright, she did a fantastic job. I think Andre was – I thought the whole cast was good. And the guy that played uh, Humperdinck, I thought he did a fantastic job being the bad guy. Chris Sarandon is his name. Yeah, I thought, I thought he did play um, his role very well. Yeah. So Andre did too. Exactly. All right, you're not going to be on next week, correct? Nope, unless something changes. All right. Change your availability. Uh, but anyway, all right. So listen to uh, Boxman and Smart, the Dirt Sheet Dudes, or not the Dirt Sheet Dudes, the Wrestling Outlet, uh, every Wednesday night on YouTube around 10, 15, 10, 20 Eastern Time. Then listen to them Sunday nights at 9, uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, also on YouTube for the Hollywood Hangout. Listen to us Sun or Friday night, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted for uh, the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Next, uh, this upcoming Friday night, we're going to be doing War Drums, uh, and it's going to be the May 1st, 2000 episodes of Raw and Nitro. So okay. we're going out of time. We're going out of order a little bit here. Catch us next Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted for Unscripted Unlimited. We're going to do another movie review. I'm going to reveal tomorrow on uh, Facebook polls uh, what movie I'll have, you know, everybody vote on it again because I'm not sure exactly what movie we're going to do, so I'll just pick four and have people vote on them. Uh, then, of course, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Daniel and Mindy for the Stabcast. They're going to be talking about the movie Smile. They saw it in the theaters last week. Uh, Smile? Yeah. Okay. Because, um, so, they saw it in the theaters last week, so they're going to review it tomorrow. Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on the same channel. Uh, Daniel and Bobby for uh, the Web Cave. And they're going to be doing another head-to-head superhero battle. It's going to be Black Adam versus Dr. Fate, I think you said, right? I think so, yeah. All right. Sharon and I and Bobby's girlfriend, Danielle, will be the judges for that. Uh, It's Usually it's pretty fun listening to those two argue. Uh, and then Eric and Clinton, since Eric is, uh, back, uh, finally this week, I assume you guys will be doing 
Howard hits again. Yes. So I'm going to have to ask him either probably Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday. All right. So make sure you listen to that. Check out our buddy Sean on uh, YouTube and Twitch at Elite Diplodoc. So, all right. This was fun. Princess Bride was a good movie. Thank you, Sharon, for chiming in when we needed you. You're welcome. Eric, thank you for finally showing up for once. Uh, <laughs> Enjoying Extreme Rules? Let me know when um, the Bailey matchup is. Um, I want to watch that one. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I will. So, all right, and we'll catch everybody uh, next week. Later. Bye, Sharon. Bye, Bye. Bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.